Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Joining me today is Dan Golinski and Zach Weiss. You guys want to say hi? Go for it, Zach. <laughs> I was going to say you first. Hey, Justin, thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, we don't have Cavs basketball right now. We do have NBA, but I'm glad we could talk some hoops on this Saturday evening. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Justin, and uh, thanks to Zach for joining us as well. Always always appreciate the new guests for the pick. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have both you on. So today we're going to talk about a little bit more about the Cavs' restart as far as what's going to happen with the non-Orlando teams. And then we're also also going to look at some of the former Cavs that are playing in the bubble. So just starting with the restart updates, the talk about the second bubble for the non-Orlando teams is pretty much a squashed idea at this point. It's looking like we might not even see mini camps, let alone another bubble. There, there have been reports that some teams wouldn't mind having a bubble. Others would rather just would rather stay in their home markets. And there's also been some interest in regional scrimmages, but I know teams like the Knicks and the Warriors have both been opposed to the idea of having any of this. You know, talk about a second bubble. Draymond Green called it the toilet bowl, and he said that he had no interest in playing in it. Some of the revenue that was generated from this, I think, would be helpful. But you also have to look at, you know, cost versus reward because it takes a lot of money to run a bubble. And you also have to look at the risks of doing it. Do you guys have any thoughts about just the league seemingly shutting all these ideas down, all, the, all of these ideas down? Um, I, I mean, I, th- I think for the league, yeah, it's obviously going to cost a lot for them. And uh, for... Players such as Draymond and, and Steph on uh, Clay and realistically Kevin Love or say Tristan Thompson um, for the Cavs' sake uh, probably wouldn't do a whole lot for them. But I think what would be more meaningful is, I don't know, for player development standpoint, for players like Kevin Porter and um, Darius Garland, it could definitely help them. And maybe Dylan Windler, who's, if he can do that. But yeah, it's definitely it's, it seems like that's kiboshed at this point just due to COVID and uh, there's as you kind of alluded to it's it just seems like there'd be a greater possibility for loss than than gain. So I, I just, yeah, it's it's more so about um, the in market workouts would seem kind of like a possibility, but yeah, the the second bubble seems like it's it's just the uh, possibility for just more spread at this point yeah i take a look at this guys and i have quite a few concerns if let's just say this hypothetically happens i think there's no way steph just played five games clay played zero these aren't counting in the standings there's no way the warriors send either guy so they lose a ton of revenue right off the bat i mean a positive maybe clint capella gets his hawks debut without any pressure where he would they're facing a hard schedule next season. I mean, the Chicago Bulls said they're going to bring back Jim Boylan. What Bulls player wants to go do this with Jim Boylan? Zach Levine basically just cuts out everything he says over the course of a game. Remember, I think there was a Levine shot from half court and they were down by five with 10 seconds. He's like, bench that. I mean, that, that wouldn't work. For the Cavs' sake, I think it would be great. I think we get a Dylan Windler debut. I think we see more from Dante Exum, maybe Jordan Bell who's still very young, trying to prove himself, could get some opportunity. But 
I don't think it would be great whether or not it happens just because, I mean, other than Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, maybe KPJ and Colin for our, our sakes as Cavs guys, there's not much to gain from this. I think teams, and while the competition would be great because there's only eight 22 are in the bubble getting this experience and they'll be more ready for next year. I think really just keep practicing and maybe have scrimmages with your own team and maybe add some stakes that way. But I, I can't see a a way that financially they're going to do well with it, or even that some of these teams will send their stars. They want them to be healthy for the real deal. We're going to have a shorter off season because, well, shorter for the guys playing now, right? So uh, I guess we'll have to see, though. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing about it is you look at, and obviously, you know, the Orlando bubble's working. They're making money off of that. But I think, well, guys like us would watch, you know, a second bubble or the regional mini camps, any sort of coverage that they would provide that's not going to get as good a ratings as the Orlando Bowl. The problem with that is the fact that, while maybe some of your stars don't want to play, you have a lot of guys who could really use the development time, and the Cavs are looking at over an eight-month layoff right now. So just from that, you know, from that view, I think this could really be damaging for some guys' careers, especially if we don't even see mini camps or anything with just – home markets because you were saying that it doesn't even look like that's a it's still a possibility but there doesn't seem to be a ton of optimism right that right now what we are seeing is one-on-oh workouts which for the Cavs you know it's been saying that Larry Nance is the only one that's even going to that because he's the only one in Cleveland Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I guess uh, Dylan Windler apparently uh, I guess has been getting some work in in Cleveland for um recently but yeah it's it just seems as though for them the hesitation for in-market camps is basically because of guys like Andre Drummond in Miami uh and Colin Sexton in, in Atlanta that sort of thing so um just based on the amount of quarantine would have to go into it for all the players at other teams and um yeah so as you were getting at yeah, and I, I think about now, obviously, and while it's great we have yeah. basketball, we understand why they're in a bubble. It's the only safe way to do it. That's why baseball, and I know you guys, big Indians fans, have seen all the issues in baseball. The Cardinals and the Marlins have had all these players with tests, and then Phillies and Yankees have all had to cancel games, and they're traveling as normal, and that it's not sustainable, and that's why off topic, I don't think we're getting an NFL season, because I just can't see it working if they're going to all these locations, but... They have the best basketball players in the world all playing in one bubble, and the ratings have been great. And I do agree, Dan that it, and, and Justin, that reps are huge. And I, I imagine any of us, our profession, right, we do our thing, and then we don't get to do it for eight months. How are we going to perform right off the bat, thrown right under, right into the, into the fire, which is mm-hmm. what's probably going to happen if they don't get something when they play again. So I think that's huge, but I, I can't see them throwing all this money in for a team like the Knicks that doesn't have a single marketable player. And only we're getting, other than Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, maybe the Warriors guys, how many stars are really going to be there? So I, I don't know how marketable this whole thing would be. And I think that's a huge uh, roadblock. I definitely see that as being, like you said, a roadblock. Looking at one potential idea that's been thrown out there, and it's something that the NBA has apparently been exploring for a while, Once some teams leave the Orlando bubble, like the teams that don't make the playoffs, and maybe even after that first round of the playoffs is over with and some more teams go home, 
there have been talks that the eight leftover teams could join the Orlando bubble and just get some practices in and maybe get some scrimmages in while the playoffs are taking place. Do you guys think that that's something that we could see happen? I'd say no. I would lean towards no on that. I think that would be a really interesting idea. But I think the main goal with the NBA, and while I think it would be great to get reps in, they're trying to get get the regular season done. So we're going to say goodbye to six teams next week. And then obviously things will be a little different. And then, and then you'll be able to space out even better because you have 22 teams at three hotels. And if need be, if you can always move a couple guys and you maybe have five teams in each, so you open up things, so you'll, you're spreading things even less. But I think the goal is to get these teams out safely, and then you try you trim it as you go. I don't think they're going to want new teams in. In the case of those guys coming in, potentially mixing with the new guy, you never know how serious the guys not in the bubble are taking this. Because we've seen guys in different sports and I'm sure you guys remember Novak Djokovic's tennis clinics in Serbia and everything that happened with that. He got COVID. Five other players got it, and it led to a huge, an additional outbreak. So I don't know how feasible bringing all these new people into a secure situation would be. So that that's my issue with it. It would be great for the reps, but I don't know how feasible that is either. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Zach on that. Um, yeah, for, selfishly from the Cavs standpoint or a team like the the Hawks, uh, with these young pieces that really you're, you're concerned about the lack of reps. But, uh, yeah, the potential for outbreak, you, you would think, would be there. Uh, and the fact that the NBA wouldn't be televising anything out of it, um, the, the lack of revenue stream there, um, you would think that they're not really crazy about anyway. And it, since there's been so much uh, hesitation to actually pull the trigger on any of these um, sort of scenarios, I, I really have my doubts about it. But yeah, it, it would be great from a team uh, camaraderie standpoint. Um, getting is a guy you touched on, kind of Jordan Bell, um, into the fold more with JB Bickerstaff and um, getting some group work in there would definitely help. Selfishly, as a Cavs fan, I would think. But uh, yeah, and and would this be? Voluntary for players at that, uh, I have questions about. Um, would a guy like Draymond, or I'm sorry, Andre Drummond, uh, or Kevin Love uh, go to that sort of thing? I, I'm not really sure be, due to uh, COVID concerns potentially. Um, yeah, it, there's just a lot of moving parts. It's hard to see it, um, the feasibility of that. Uh, there's just a lot of questions. And, and I would think um, Michelle Roberts, uh, executive director of the NBA, MBPA would have her concerns. Um, I'm sure has anyhow. So, yeah, I, I'm entirely with Zach on that. Yeah, and another roadblock that you have to look at is the fact that after the first round is over with, families from the playoff teams will be able to join the bubble at that point. So you're going to be adding them on top of the fact that you're going to be adding eight more teams. So it, it could it could get complicated with how much spare room you have in the bubble. So. Maybe we'll see something more come out about it. Maybe this will just be another idea that gets squashed. We'll just have to see. Right now, not super optimistic that we're going to see any Cavs basketball. But there are still some former Cavs that we can watch in the bubble playing right now. Cavs fans, we hope you love Cavalier Central. If you're looking for more great basketball podcasts to listen to, please check out these other shows from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, 
and beyond the ball. We'll start with you, Dan. Is there one player in particular, a former Cavalier, that you're really rooting for in the bubble? Well, I, I, to me, it's Jordan Clarkson, just because uh, the Jazz are, are without uh, Bogdanovich, who really is, ha, had been a great addition for them. And Clarkson, I, I just, I'm just a big fan of. I, I mean, I understand the guy's not seeing a shot that he hasn't liked, but uh, he, he just plays so hard. Um, it stuck stuck with the Cavs and really gave his effort every night um, in, in a rebuilding situation, kind of leaned into that um, bench buck, bucket getter role for them, even in a tough situation. So uh, just because the, the Jazz, obviously, I mean, they're a four seed currently, but uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them looking back. Uh, it, it's just – and Mike Conley is, is just not worked out well for them. He's banged up. So um, I, I'm – Particularly rooting for Clarkson just to because he's going to have to be feasibly a second second scorer for them really at this point. So uh, if he can make noise at all, I think that'd be a big deal for for his career. Yeah, Zach, do you have one? Yeah, so I, I love Clarkson as well, but I'll, I'll go two guys here. Obviously, one of them is somebody that twenty. I, I don't I just shout out Cameron Payne because yeah, I had Cameron Payne down. Yes, love it. He was just a meme. He was – you remember the video. I don't remember who it was when Russ and him were doing one of the pregame handshakes. Someone tried to step in the middle and then they just went around him. I can't <laughs> remember who that was, but that that's what people remember him for. He's the hype man. That's true. Yeah, he's, he's Kent Bazemore in Golden State. He didn't get on the court, but he was the most excitable bench player. Now he's on the court with Sacramento. He's probably going to miss the playoffs anyway. Campaign is 26 today. He's been scoring. I'm, I'm watching a little bit of the Suns game tonight. He's gotten a couple of buckets already. And it's just great to see him. Obviously, he's considered a joke by many. And he only he only played two weeks with the Cavs. It's not like he's a fixture. But just to see him there has been great. And I hope the Suns sneak in. Uh, a couple guys I really like are Joe Harris, who is crushing it with Brooklyn right now. And I think he'll probably re- – if he doesn't re-sign with Brooklyn, guys, quick quick side note, any potential chance the Cavs give him a look or is he, he's not coming back? Uh, I think he, the Cavs will give him a look, but I don't think that there's a whole lot of reason for Joe Harris to sign in Cleveland for eight to nine million, which is the most that they can offer on the mid level. I think that there are plenty of other teams that would offer him that money that are also contenders that he would rather sign with. Ditto. Right, so <laughs> one guy I will go with for real here, and I wasn't even going to mention him until I look at this list, is Jeff Green. Yeah. If you guys have watched any Rockets Rockets games in the bubble, he's he's the backup center now. Yep. He, I think he's closed out a couple games, too. They put him with Covington and Tucker, and he's 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, he's a good defender. He's taking more threes than he's ever had to before. He's shooting them well. He's getting to the rim. He's playing great defense. I mean, look at Jeff Green, guys, and he's someone came into the league as part of the Thunder team with Durant, Westbrook, and Ibaka. He was there for a while. Then he latched on in Boston, and since Boston traded him, He's been on Memphis, the Clippers, the Wizards. He's on the Jazz. Now he's on the Rockets. He was with us for a year. So I see Jeff Green. I see someone that's got a lot of basketball left. I was surprised when Utah cut him and it took so long for him to latch on again. But I'm happy to see him thriving with Houston. Yeah, I think another one for me is uh, it looks like Alec Burks. I mean, he wasn't a cat for for a really long time. But he's he's done a good job for for Philly. And it seems like he's kind of re-instituted. Establish himself as kind of a fixture in their 
um, playoff rotation and, and with Ben Simmons out there and need um, kind of that more secondary playmaker type guy too. And, and he, he's kind of a bench bucket getter as well. And um, the guy was, I mean, what, again, not here for very long, but I, I really like his game and uh, kind of a, just seems like a great teammate and seemed like a good guy. So yeah, that's another one to me. Circling back to the Rockets real quick, they also signed David Nwaba, who is not with the team in the restart, but another a move that I love for, for Houston. He obviously tore his Achilles in Brooklyn this year, but he should be playing for them next year, assuming that he does get healthy. And also, looking back at Brooklyn, obviously we know Kyrie isn't playing in the restart, but Timothy Luau Cabarro, who was on the Cavaliers training camp roster this past season, is getting some minutes now for the Nets. So... <laughs> Just another guy who, not a whole lot of Cavs experience, but he is a former Cavalier. I think you can count the preseason. So, looking at a team, th- this team has two guys that I'm really going to be rooting for. The Bucks with Kyle Korver and George Hill. Kyle Korver is probably, honestly, my favorite player in the league, both as a person and just an extremely fun player to watch flying around screens, lightning, quick release. I've been a huge fan of, of Korver since he was in Atlanta, and obviously I was a even bigger fan when he was with the Cavs. So he's he's 39 now, so I'd, I'd love to see him get a ring. I don't know how many years he has left. And I'd also love to see George Hill get a ring. I think another guy who is just nothing but a quality vet in Cleveland, you know, nothing but positive coming out from him as far as off-the-court stuff, just seems like a, another guy, a great guy, a great teammate. You know, I kind of wish his time on the court in Cleveland and got a little bit better as far as his shooting numbers is being a little bit down looking at, you know, the super high mark he was shooting from three in Sacramento and now the super high mark he's shooting from three in Milwaukee, but still just somebody, a player that I'm a big fan of both of those guys. And I'd, I'd love to see them get a ring with the bucks this year. By George Hill side note, leading the NBA in three point percentage pre restart 48%. Very impressed with that. Of all guys in the league, he's the last one I would expect. Yeah, he's he's done a hell of a job, no doubt. And then one team that we haven't looked at yet at all, which seems like the most obvious one, is the Lakers. Having LeBron, Jr., Danny, Deion Waiters, Danny Green, and Quinn Cook. Cook was on the Cavs training camp roster back in 2015. Danny spent his rookie year in Cleveland. He only played in 20 games. And obviously we know about Jr., Deion, and LeBron. But the team, just as far as those players that you, you were rooting for? Uh, I mean, I... I... I guess I'm rooting for Jr. to an extent, but ugh, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's fine if they do well, but it's with how things ended with Jr. and Dion both. It's I would say uh, I'm not going to be losing sleep over if the Lakers get eliminated early. So, Zach, are you going to root for LeBron? So I'm I'm indifferent about LeBron. I became a Cavs fan the day he got drafted in 2003, very that very day. So obviously now here we are in year 17. I've you know we got used to him leaving when he left for Miami. And when he left the second time, I'll be honest, not going to go on a tangent. I was actually not upset in any way. I thought when LeBron left, the Cavs can officially rebuild. They're going to be a drama free team. They'll let the play do the talking, not the off court things. And I think we've seen that. Any nonsense that's happened with Kevin Love or Colin the last two years has all been solved pretty fast. When Dion was in Cleveland, media tried to 
they always wanted to start something. But I look at Dion. I'm happy he's doing well. I wish he was still on, on the Cavs. Obviously, his role would be very different. But I remember the, the Detroit comeback when <laughs> down 21 like it was yesterday. His shot uh, at the end, I think it was over Kyle Singler. It was. Yep. So that was my wallpaper for a while. So, I, I, yeah, thanks, Dan. I remember that shot. and Respect. <laughs> I, I want the Lakers to do well, but I don't really care if – Portland sneaks in and upsets them like Charles Barkley wrongly said, then that's great because maybe a couple of future Cavs are among the young guys on Portland. If they want to strike a deal in the next couple of years, you never know what will happen. But I want JR to do well. I know his ending was rocky, game one, 2018. And then there was uh, his just not wanting to be there. But also important to add with him and Corver, they weren't supposed to play at all. They're going to go young guys. And right before the season, Ty Lue changed his mind. They weren't even expecting to play on opening night, and they got thrust in. So happy they did get some minutes before they both eventually left. But I want JR to thrive more than anyone because I think he's got a lot left to show. We learned in Cleveland that he's more than just a sixth-man scorer when he became a starter and defended extremely well, better than Shumpert, which no one expected when they got both of them. It was supposed to be JR the scorer, Shumpert the defender. They flipped roles, so I want all three guys to do well. But again, with LeBron, we have LeBron for 11 years, guys. And so at this point, whatever happens with him happens. I'm not going to root against him blatantly, but he's not somebody I'm going to go out of my way to jump out of my chair for when he throws down a dunk in the playoff game. Yeah, and obviously I still enjoy watching LeBron. I wouldn't be upset if he won a ring in L.A., but I think I kind of agree with you as far as, and I don't even know if J.R. Smith is going to get real minutes with this team, I think as of right now, they're playing Dion over him. But I would love nothing more as far as this Lakers team goes than to see JR get in the game and play well. I think, again, just the rocky ending that he kind of had in Cleveland, I think at that point he still had more to show. And I think obviously he's getting up there in age, but I still think he can be a, a contributor on a playoff team. So any more thoughts on the Lakers before we move on? Anybody? Yeah, uh, one quick thing. JR has been getting some minutes. I don't know how consistent it's going to be when they're at full strength at, later on, but I'd love to just, because they're still figuring out the rotation, I'd love to see JR just get five to six minute stretches in each half and love to see them get looked. He's getting no shot attempts. I just want to see him get the freedom that Dion has. So Dion's basically been a backup guard for them, one of the first off the bench. I just want JR to get some shots up because we've seen JR hit some shots that no human being should physically be able to make unless their name is Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry or JR Smith. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, you, you can't, the guy is a shooter. You got to get him some attempts. And uh, yeah, Dion, the, I, JR, frankly, is a, a better shot maker than Dion. And yeah, you got to, you got to let that guy cook a little bit. All right. Well, we'll move on here. Is there any former Cavalier that you are, I won't just say com- completely rooting against, but that you're not, that you that you don't really want to see? If not, I have a couple guys. All right. My first guy, and again, not a player that I hate, but not a player that I love from his time in Cleveland, is Jay Crowder of the Miami Heat. Spent a half season in, in Cleveland in kind of that experiment phase with Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose before all those guys left. Really just never seemed to fit in. Didn't play well on the court and just seemed to be kind of causing some problems off the court as well. You know, we, I, I, Cleveland never got to see the real Jay Crowder 
But I just kind of feel like there was just some negative energy coming both from him and kind of Isaiah Thomas during that time. So, again, I won't want to say that I'm not somebody who hates Jay Crowder. I think he's a fine player, but not really somebody that I'm rooting for at all as far as former Cavs go. Yeah, I I was going to say that's actually the one I was was going for. I mean, I'm not – well, I'm not really a fan of Jay Crowder, but um, yeah, like to me, he was kind of a – key piece in that original deal and how, I mean, part of it was the Cavs were playing as a four man, which is not necessarily ideal. It's not really what you want, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like with him and Dwayne Wade, there was just constant stuff going on and he was never really, it just seemed like was never too receptive of, or even, tried to be receptive of LeBron's leadership and just never really seemed too locked in with Cleveland. And I mean, it just pisses me off seeing the multiple defensive efforts that he gives on the teams, well, including Memphis this year um, before the heat, uh, just kind of really locked in. And he was productive with Utah last year too. Uh, That's the guy that I really, it's, just kind of pisses me off seeing him really locked in, um, especially defensively, because here you saw lazy closeouts from him all the time. Uh, you didn't see effort uh, in loose balls, and here it just ticks me off seeing him even get offensive rebounds, which uh, that season with the Cavs, uh, with the effort Jeff Green was giving, um, he should have been a starter a hell of a lot more than Jay Crowder that season. Uh, before he was dealt. So, yeah, that, that to me, honestly, is the one that is, was right on, right on my tongue. I, I, yeah. I respect that uh, from both of you, although uh, this will be the first point we disagree. There's really not that many one-time Cavs that I truly dislike once they leave. And if they're not, like I said, in the case of that whole Cavs team, guys, remember the game against the Wizards? 136, 135 overtime. The Isaiah Thomas getting left out of the chest bump with LeBron and Jetty game, which led to the eventual departure of everybody. That whole team was just a bad situation. I I wish it could have worked with Dwayne for at least a full year because seeing him in the playoffs, I knew he would have turned it up and been a perfect sixth man for them in that situation. But I'm not against Jay Crowder either. I'm actually a rare – as soon as he left, I went on NBAstore.com and they had a long sleeve Jay Crowder tee for uh, for eight ninety nine. So I, st- I still wear that. <laughs> I st- I'm a right. rare owner of a Jay Crowder Cavs long sleeve t-shirt, which if you ever see me in person, you'd probably see me repping it if it's, if it's cold and I'm playing ball. That's just me. But I, I watch Jay Crowder – and look, I, I, he struggled on the Cavs, but some guys just struggle in different situations. I mean – it's funny because he was such a big rival of the Cavs. His beef with Perk and Jr. The injury in the playoff series, which happened after the Love injury. Obviously, things changed uh, when he when he came to Cleveland. But I watch him, and I've been watching the Heat Suns game this evening, and he's, he's hitting some shots. He's a guy that he's always been intriguing because he doesn't have a weird shooting form. But what he does, he basically spreads his legs out wide like he's doing a banana split every time he shoots a three. But, no, I, I watch Jay Crowder, no animosity. I like what he brings to the court. And I, I'm just I'm just not as big as somebody that dislikes players as much. 
but I really do like what Jay brings uh, to a team. Obviously, it didn't work in Cleveland, but there's no specific Cav in the former Cav in the bubble right now that I'm rooting against. I love Clarkson. I wish Rodney Hood was coming off the bench for Portland and not injured. And Justin, going back to what you said, I can't wait for Nawaba next year. I think that having the freedom to just shoot the ball is really going to open him up on the defensive side because he can just chuck up a three, make or miss. He's running right back and locking down his matchup. Yeah. And I should just say that I'm not rooting against Jay Crowder. I'm just I'm disappointed when I look at obviously when he was in Dallas as a rookie and maybe he did he spend two years there, maybe. Either way, he didn't play great in Dallas, but he was he was a young player. Then he really found his role and was a great player on that on those Celtics teams. He was valuable as the starting four a lot of times for the Jazz. He was really valuable this year on the Grizzlies, and he's found a good role with the Heat. It's just it's disappointing when I look back at the Cavs as the team that he, he just couldn't fit in with. Yeah, it's... I don't know. The dude always seemed like he stirred up shit to me. So, uh, especially when I, he was on the Celtics and I just seemed like a very disingenuous guy, to be honest with you. So, that's just from my take. So, um, there's always stuff going on with him and that's just, that's just my opinion. But I was going to say, a guy that I am rooting for to swing back for a second, actually, is Seth Curry, who briefly was a Cav. Uh, he played in- one game with the Cavs, yes. Yes, that that still counts. Seth Curry is a god, so love that guy. And, uh, yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> Had a 10-day with the Cavs in March of 2014. Exactly. Still counts. He counts. He's- he counts. I had him on the list, so, yeah. That guy straps, so forgot to say that earlier. My bad. <laughs> Great defender, gets it done. And honestly, what I loved last year, guys, when we had uh, Portland-Golden State, we had four games of Curry-on-Curry Curry crying going both ways. Yep, that is true. Yep, that is very true. true. That is very it true. Is. All right, I had one more player that's in the restart floor, Cav, that I am not thrilled to watch. Again, nothing Again, against him really as a person. Really I just have zero clue how he still sticks around in the league. It seems like every team, every year some team picks him up at the end. And each year I'm just kind of scratching my head as to why. Tyler Zeller of the San Antonio Spurs. Sorry, I already said it. I'm sorry. Was that going to be a guess? No, I knew. I knew you were going to be a guess. I just... I just I I have zero I I, I, have I don't zero, know how Tyler Zeller keeps getting opportunities and obviously this year with you know, the ability to sign replacement players that's the reason that's but the he's reason, just had so many stops and I just I guess that team needs a big man you know they're without Trey Lyles and the Marcus Aldridge but you think they could find somebody other than Tyler Zeller well, they're they're playing well, Drew they're, Eubanks they're playing a lot of minutes right now, minutes. so that yep. right yeah. that goes to show you what they're doing. That goes to show you what they're doing. Hey, well, honestly, I've watched so I've watched a lot of Spurs games. Thoughts on Tyler Zeller's time with the Cavs? He was good. His rookie year was nice. Go ahead and say what you say, Zach. Oh uh, yeah, so Ty, yeah, Tyler Zeller. I remember he was on the Bucks for their. He started at center for part of their series with Boston. He was weird stop in Brooklyn. He was okay for the Celtics that first year. Obviously, his minutes fell off. I'm happy he's in the league. I mean, for me, and obviously, the only time I get to tweet anything Cavs is when a former Cav checks into a game. We got Tyler Cook actually getting a few minutes in Denver, which has been cool. I think Zeller's all right as a hooper. Yes. I mean, he's not a great player. He's not a bad player. He's still, shockingly, only 30. Uh, but my, the funny thing about Zeller is, if I remember correctly... 
They traded, I think, Bernard James, Jay Crowder, and someone else, and Jared Cunningham the night of the draft to get the Zeller pick, which is really funny that they gave up a uh, huh. guy that they ended up bringing back later. Two guys they would actually get back later, Cunningham and Crowder together. Yeah, but yeah. He's all right. I mean, yeah, Drew Eubanks has actually, other than doing what Zizic does and just tapping the ball instead of grabbing a rebound, it's actually shown a nice offensive game, but... <laughs> You know, I don't like Gante Zizic. He's the yeah. one Cav on the current roster that I just can't say anything nice about. Even when he played well last year as a fill-in starter, did he really play well when he was putting up good numbers? Do we count Ante as part, part of the current roster still? I guess technically he's still part of it, but I know he, he requested to get off of the roster early, the roster which early, I don't even know if that's something you can do, but so he could join his team and Real Madrid sooner. Oh, that's true. So. Yeah, Ante Zizic is about as irrelevant in today's league as it gets. And for him to, frankly, at his size, he's not not a rebounder really. And I mean, normal like drop coverage in pick and roll is is pretty uh, throughout the league now, but uh, definitely a constant for a lot of players like Brook Lopez, but. Drop coverage with Ante Zizic is him at the rim and conceding like thirteen feet for a yeah. shot. So yeah, the the faster he can get out of Cleveland, the better. Yeah, for him, I, I you you just six ten slow footed traditional big men who can't shoot and who aren't elite rebounders usually struggle to find a role in the NBA. So and I guess the same can kind of be said for Tyler Zeller. Obviously, I think he's a better player than Zizic, but. Just not not a part of the Tyler Zeller fan club. That's just me. He's he's got like a decent mid range game uh, on short rolls, but that that's that's pretty much it. Decent jump hooks, but eh. He he could you can play him eight minutes a game maybe. So looking at the remaining players that I have left, do you have a, do you guys have anything else to say before I get to that? All right, we have Nazmi Trulong of the Indiana Pacers who was on the Cavaliers' summer league team this past summer. We have Sidarius Thornwell, who ended up being a replacement player for the Pelicans. He was on the Cavs' training camp this past off this past season. And Pat McCall, who had to leave the bubble due to a knee injury playing for the Raptors, he played in three games in 2018 for the Cavs. So that's, that's the list. I think we've covered everybody. Three games. Three Who's games there? of Pat McCall. The weirdest three games. Everybody comes, and then they cut him. They signed into a regular, I think they signed into a full one-year yeah. deal, and they just kind of... Yeah, they all that work to, to get them from... Yeah, they ended up getting the championship with Toronto, but went through all that work to get him out of restricted free agency from the Warriors just to cut him like a week later. Yeah, that was that was an odd, odd time for sure. And then looking at the teams with nobody, the Clippers, Grizzlies, Thunder, Kings, and Wizards, if I'm not mistaken, have no former Cavaliers. So, do you guys have anything else to add before we, we get out of here? Uh, well, we're just going to see about 40 shots a game from Jordan Clarkson. That's about all I can say. Can't wait to watch it. So, Absolutely. Zach, you got anything else? Yeah, without Ben Simmons now out. By the way, uh, quick thought. Ben Simmons to the Cavs? Yeah. <laughs> Is that real? Is I that saw that today, too. Fido reported it, so there's got to be something there. Yeah, I, th- I think it's something we're going to have to monitor and, and – up and leading up to the season, yeah, for sure. Um, would, would 
would you guys be interested in that if if Colin Sexton had to be in in a potential deal? No. If I, well, here's why. One quick thing: if you were number two for the Cavs, you're a guaranteed All Star. We have two examples: <laughs> Kyrie Irving, Mo Williams. He gets at least one All Star game before he ever gets even thought about trading. So, real talk, but that, that is true. Here's my thoughts on so. this. I think honestly, this is probably something we could do an entire podcast about: is just Ben Simmons to the Cavs rumors. I mean, what else do we have to talk about right now? But two, I'll just say this, and we can get, if you guys are both willing to do another one down the line, I would be more than happy to do this, but I'll just say it right now. I will trade anybody and everybody on the Cavs roster to get Ben Simmons under contract for the next however many years. Even with this injury, I think you do it no matter what. So that's my two cents. Again, if you guys want to discuss this later, we can. Also, I think I don't know if I mentioned Orlando as a team that doesn't have any former Cavs, but they are one as well. But all right, I'm going to get us out of here. This has been a pretty long episode compared to other ones. So, thank everybody. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much, Dan, again for coming on. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on. I really appreciate having both you guys. Always a blast, man. And um, thank, as I said, thank everybody for listening. And uh, if you enjoyed, rate and review. Give it five stars. Listen to some other episodes. Listen to the coming episodes. There will always be more coming out. So thank you guys for hopping on, and thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.